everyone, Alana here, and it's been a lot of fun making this podcast. I get to talk about what I love, meet some really cool people doing it, and I have total creative freedom. Are you interested in making your own podcast? Go for it, and go for it with Anchor. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many, many more platforms. There's even creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And best of all, it's free. So what are you waiting for? Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. everyone, and welcome to Girl Presses Play, the movie podcast where we talk about films, what we think about them, and what makes them so damn great. I'm your host, Alana Rafferty. Get comfy, grab some popcorn, and get ready, because we're about to press play. And now for our feature presentation. Hey, everybody, and I can't believe I'm saying this. Welcome to our last episode of the season. Thank you so, so much for tuning in, listening, commenting, reviewing. It has been a wild and wonderful ride. Try saying that five times fast. And I can't wait to bring you some hopefully bigger and even better stuff next season. So thank you guys for listening. I really do appreciate it. And thank you for sticking with me till the very last episode. And the timing of this episode couldn't be better because it is our holiday episode. And it's interesting, when I was trying to plan out this episode, it was very, very easy to find about a gajillion Christmas movies, but it was very hard to find films for Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, Ramadan. I did find a couple of Bollywood movies about Diwali, but yeah, it was really interesting to see how much Christmas specifically has taken over and dominated the holiday movie market. So... Today, we are going to be looking at some of the Hanukkah and Ramadan film offerings, as well as one or two of the -the off-the-beaten sleigh ride Christmas movies. That was cheesy. I totally own up to it. Aren't the holidays cheesy, though? So grab your favorite holiday treat and get cozy by the fire, because it is time to talk about the under-celebrated movies about holidays. So the first holiday we're going to be talking about film representations of is probably pretty well known to people around the world. It is in fact celebrated in over 20 different countries annually, and that is Hanukkah, the Festival of Lights. Um, I know it's interesting because I grew up in a predominantly Jewish area where everyone knew the Hanukkah story, whether you were Jewish or not. Everyone knew different kinds of foods that they eat during Hanukkah, like gladkas and kugel and whatnot. So Hanukkah is a very familiar holiday to me, even though I don't celebrate it. So it is kind of interesting that there aren't more prevalent Hanukkah films for Hanukkah season when you think about it. 
The films that I found were mostly geared towards young kids. The first one, of course, is the iconic Rugrats Hanukkah special, which came out on December 4th, 1996. So that makes that special 22 years old. And it's just a really fun, sweet episode. There are clips of it and full copies of it online. If you want to find it, check it out. It's really cute. The movie I would recommend is called Full Court Miracle. It was a Disney Channel movie that came out in 2003. And it's this really sweet movie about a basketball team at the Philadelphia Hebrew Academy. And fun fact, it's actually based on the true story of Virginia Cavaliers basketball star Lamont Carr, who this basketball team got as their coach for when they were really down in the dumps. Even though it is made as a kid's movie, it's very fun. It's very well made. I thought how they used the story of Hanukkah as a metaphor for what the kids on the team and the coach are going through was really well done. And it does really go into depth about the Hanukkah story in a way that the Rugrats episode gives more of an overview. But then again, I think Rugrats is geared towards younger kids, so that would totally make sense. I would say my one gripe about the movie is that some of the characters could have used slightly stronger motivations, such as the mom who really wants her 14-year-old kid to be a doctor, and the best friend Julie is very nice and well-played by Cassie Steele, but she kind of just comes in and out. And it does get a little bit slow in the middle when they get into the whole finding the coach and apartment thing. Because for me, that whole section, not that it wasn't important to the character's story, but in terms of the main objective of trying to train and get better in time for the Liberty Tournament, it kind of felt like that took a little bit of a sidestep for this section of the movie. But it's a Disney Channel movie. They've only got an hour and a half. And then there's commercial breaks that they had to deal with back when it came out. So I get that sometimes, you know, writing kind of has to go to the wayside a little bit for these things. But yeah, I really liked it. I would even argue that it was slightly ahead of its time, not only with how it showed Alex's parents, specifically how the mom was more of the breadwinner than the dad was, and also just how outwardly religious it was. They get really into the mythology of Hanukkah and also a lot of the teachings of the Torah. So it's really interesting. And I think it's a great way to give Jewish or non-Jewish kids a really kind of in-depth look at what the celebration of Hanukkah is all about. So yeah, give it a shot. You can now stream it on Disney+. And so each year when the days grow short and night threatens to overwhelm, we light the menorahs to remember the courage of the Maccabees. But even more, to celebrate the light that miraculously burned for eight days. The light that continues to deliver us from darkness. To illuminate our dreams. To turn strangers into friends. And to shine as a beacon of hope to all the world. Our next holiday we're going to be talking about is Ramadan, which is celebrated by over 1 billion, that is billion with a B, Muslims in the world. So 
again, it's kind of crazy to think that there hasn't been at least one mainstream Ramadan movie made, but I digress. So after doing a little research, I found this wonderful documentary called Quran by Heart. And it's about this competition that takes place every year in Egypt. And it is a competition from a hundred different participants in over 70 different countries to recite the Quran by heart. And the competition takes place over the celebration of Ramadan, which on the last night at El Fatir is when they announce the winner. And the winner does a very special reading, recitation, I should say, of the Quran in front of the entire country of Egypt and in front of their president. And what I really loved about this documentary was, first of all, I would almost call it more of a sports movie than a holiday movie. It does feature Ramadan. It does talk about some of the customs of Ramadan. But I think it has a little bit more of the pacing and the beats of a sports movie. I would actually say if you liked the Netflix series, The Queen's Gambit, you would like Quran by Heart. It has some crossover elements. I also thought it was really interesting because for me, it was one of the first times that I saw the Muslim world and the celebration of Ramadan really through the eyes of a child. And it's a perspective that we haven't really seen much of in a lot of mainstream films or even TV. And what is interesting from more of a human perspective rather than a filmmaking perspective is how much these kids, the three kids that they follow, are reciting these words so beautifully and it's really moving, but you have no idea what they're saying if you don't speak Arabic. And what's even more fascinating is some of these kids don't even speak Arabic themselves. They just come from Muslim families or Muslim countries. They follow three kids actually that don't speak Arabic. One is a young girl from the Maldives. Another is a little boy from Tajikistan. And the third that they follow is a young boy whose dad is an imam in Senegal. And none of them speak fluent Arabic, but the way they connect with the material, I think I really related to it as an actor when, granted, I'm not usually reading scripts in another language, but there's something about the way that when you get words into your body and how it resonates physically and emotionally within you, it doesn't really matter what language you're speaking. So I think that aspect I really connected to as an actor and as a filmmaker, The filmmaker Greg Barker did a great job of picking three kids that you really, really want to root for. The competition, I should specify, is for all age groups. I think the oldest person they focus on is 17, I think. The countries tend to uh, send young people to these competitions, but the three kids that they make the main subjects of this film, your heart breaks for them, you end up cheering for them. So in a lot of ways... While it's a film about Ramadan, it's also just a film about doing what you love, no matter how many obstacles are in your way and connecting with something that's a little bit bigger and deeper than you. So I highly recommend this film if you want to find out a little more about Ramadan or you're just into documentaries or 
really into underdog stories, you can watch Koran by Heart now on HBO Now and HBO Max. So our final holiday movie that we are talking about is a Christmas film, but the reason I included this movie is because I feel like it talks about an aspect of Christmas that isn't really talked about too much. The movie is called Jingle Bell Rocks. It's a personal documentary about the lesser known music of the holidays and about the people who will scour record stores and thrift shops and conventions for these really anomalous, hard to find, very forgotten, but very wonderful Christmas music. And it's a great documentary where you not only discover a bunch of great music, but it really gets into the idea of what Christmas music is and what Christmas music means to people, especially to people like the filmmaker, Mitchell Kezin. And as you watch the documentary and find out more about this subgenre of a genre of music and find out about its history, you also learn a lot about the filmmaker's history and why this search means so much to him. And it is surprisingly touching. It starts off as just a really fun and interesting documentary, and then it becomes really touching. And I think it does talk about the aspect of Christmas that is the hardest to talk about in a film, which is for a good amount of people in the world, Christmas is a really hard time of year. It makes you think about not just everything you've had, but everything you've lost and things you wish you could have done differently, or there's some sort of specific event that happened around Christmas time that's really hard. It's a great balance to a lot of the other very happy up note Christmas movies out there. I also think for this movie, while it's technically a Christmas movie, I would venture to say that no matter what holiday you celebrate, whether it's Hanukkah, Ramadan, Diwali, Kwanzaa, what have you, I think no matter what you celebrate, the holidays can be a really hard time. And so this movie seems to say, The holidays can be a really hard time, but there is still some joy to be found alongside that. And I think that's a really beautiful message more than just kind of ignore all the bad stuff in the world and be happy. I mean, especially this year, how can we ignore it? But I think the way this movie talks about holding the grief and sadness as well as the joy of this time of year, I think how they do that is really beautifully done. They also have a really awesome, colorful, and fascinating cast of characters, I guess you would call them. They have interviews with Bill Adler, who was the head of Def Jam for a while. They interview John Waters. They interview musician Bob DeRoe, who created Schoolhouse Rock. They all not only talk about the music that they created for the holidays, but they also talk about what the holidays mean to them as well. It's really fun. It's also fairly low commitment in length. It's about an hour and a half. If you're not into documentaries this time of year, I do get it. But give this one a try. I think you'll really like it. I never thought of the concept of other people if they would spend the kind of time and money and effort I was spending finding this music. But of course, it makes sense that there would be. He's got an obsession, all right? <laughs> I'm fat daddy. You can rent it on Apple TV and Amazon Prime now.
And that is a wrap, I guess, for this season. Um, I know I said it before. I'm going to say it again. Thank you so, so much for listening and reviewing and doing all the wonderful fan things. It's It's been really great. I didn't really realize how awesome this was going to feel to do this podcast and find out even more about film and connect with some really wonderful, interesting people. So yeah, enjoy your holidays, whatever it is you celebrate. I hope you have a wonderful and safe one. Happy New Year and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter to find out more information about season two. Thanks, guys. Stay well, stay safe, and keep watching movies. Thanks so much for listening. Be sure to check back every Tuesday for new episodes and be sure to check us out on our Patreon page where you can support the show and get some really cool exclusive stuff for doing it. A very special thanks to our Patreon supporters, John F., Variolo Fencing, LLC, and Helen Rafferty. For news on upcoming episodes, be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Girl Presses Play. The show is written, produced, and hosted by Alana Rafferty. Intro music is composed by Asha Iwanowitz, and our logo design is by Mark Sauve. Thanks again. See you next time. Girl, press is play.